Hey, hey, everybody. It's Allison Katzkowski. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I am so excited that you are with me here on this Tuesday morning. I hope that wherever you are, you are doing something positive and fun for yourself and for your self-care. So if you've been following me over the last several weeks, uh, you know that I've had the great privilege to talk with just lots of wonderful people, not just about their own personal self-care journey, but about uh, and also with people who can share relevant information in terms of just coping skills and tips and techniques and anything that we can do to be of service right now because of the, obviously because of the state of the world. I like to call it the pink elephant in the room. Everybody knows it's there and we're just kind of trying to work to live with it. But when it comes to how we look at ourselves, now that it's summertime, I feel like we really need to sort of circle back to what is our life actually going to look like really on the other side of all this and, and what is really normal for us now. And so today I have an absolutely fascinating guest. I'm excited um, to have a conversation with her, not just about her own personal self-care journey, but um, really about what she does and how she serves her clients. Um, my guest today is Heather Mulder. She calls herself a re- recovering attorney, which I love. She lives in Dallas, Texas. And what I find really incredibly interesting about her story is, is that she had a, a health diagnosis that really forced her to take inventory of um, not only who she was and the message she was bringing into the world, but how she was actually living her life. And it really forced her to evaluate how she viewed self-care in terms of how she does her business and then also how she shows up for her family and everybody else. Uh, she calls herself a work-life balance success coach. But in her opinion, and I could not agree with this more, she believes that in order to be successful, we have to feel good on the inside first in order to bring the best version of ourselves to the outside world. So Heather, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yay. So so let's talk a little bit about, about really what made you, what, what was this health diagnosis about and what really made you decide to, to change some things? So I was 38 years old and I was diagnosed with breast cancer. (laughs) It was a shock to say the least. It was not something that was expected. You don't expect at 38 with two young kids. I have two boys. They were six and two at the time of diagnosis. And it's interesting how things happen because at the time I had made partner at my firm. I'd built a pretty decent book of business. I was on the rise. I was doing well. And I checked all those boxes of success, right? Uh That we all look at that are important. And then all of a sudden I was told I had cancer and not only did I have cancer, but I had an incredibly aggressive breast cancer and there weren't a lot of options for me. And I didn't know it at the time. I now know a lot more about cancer, but not all cancers are the same. Not all breast cancers are the same. Right. And you know, mine, when you say aggressive, basically it means it's growing really fast and it's much more likely to have spread and it's more likely to come back is really what it comes down to. And the initial prognosis wasn't very good for me. Um, My doctors, because of how aggressive it it was, actually assumed that it had spread within my body, which frankly would have been a death sentence. But they were lucky. I was lucky. They were wrong. And so once I found that out and, you know, started down that journey, I really started to reanalyze kind of my life, what I'd been doing. I didn't, while I was going through the battle itself, really think, oh, I'm going to leave my law practice and do something else. 
But I did go through kind of a metamorphosis at the time around self-care and what that meant for me and realized that I hadn't been treating myself as well as I thought I had and that I needed to do better. Um, Not so much physically, but on the mental spiritual side, because I think Uh there are three phases to like three types of self-care. There's the physical that we most tend to think about, you know, eating well, getting enough sleep, exercise that I had been doing. But then there's the mental, psychological, and also the spiritual. And yeah. being home for, I was, I took almost a year off of work at the time, um, fighting for your life and having a lot of time <laughs> to sit there and think really forces you to reevaluate that type of thing. And it forced me to get a better understanding of what self-care needed to be for me moving forward. And then when I went back to work, I thought, well, I'll just keep going as is. And I quickly realized, okay, I can't do that because things aren't the same. I'm not the same. What does this mean? I got to figure it out. And it took me a little while. It took me a couple of years to figure it out, but eventually led me to realize that some of my values had changed during that. Uh And values are very important to me. I think a lot of people don't realize what they're following from within our values, but I think we all have very basic personal values that make us who we are. And one of my big values had always been service. And I'd served my clients and I got a lot of fulfillment out of serving my clients as a lawyer, but that no longer did it for me. I wanted to serve people on a much more personal level because I started to realize, I looked around and realized there are a lot of so-called successful people out there, and you especially find this in the legal world, that are really unhappy. And they're not taking care of themselves very well. Yeah, it's all all about the next achievement on the list. Yes, yes. It's all a list of boxes that they just check off kind of mindlessly as they go. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And then they end up in this place where they have all these regrets They didn't actually go after their dreams. They didn't take very good care of themselves, of their relationships, and they're incredibly unhappy. And I don't want that for people. And so that's really kind of what spurred me uh, to leave my legal career and ultimately open my coaching and consulting practice. Well, and I'm sure that in your conversations with people, not just with your clients, but with, you know, the other contact that you have with the public people are much more likely to listen to something like that because you've lived it. You've walked the road and you've lived it. So I think that type of message, I think, probably lands a lot better with people. Wouldn't you think? Yes, it does. I think it's kind of sad that you have to do go through something like that for people to listen. And frankly, sometimes people have to go through something similar themselves for them to get to this place. But I do think or at least I'm finding that more and more people don't necessarily have to go through it themselves as long as they can find somebody they feel like has authentically gone through it. And so I'm happy to be that person (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) because if it's what they need to start reevaluating their lives and living it differently, then great. I'm happy to be that person. I love how you say that it doesn't always have to be a medical scare to get you to reevaluate. It can, that can look any number of ways for people. That's right. People often wait for, you know, the big, what I like to call the big shiny object or the big flashy thing, however you want to define that to happen before they they evaluate and take a step back. Yeah. Well, and I think sadly what we're all going through now is one of those moments for a lot of people. 
Absolutely. I could not agree more. I just, I got together, back together with a client this week that I haven't seen since, you know, we basically started shutting things down. And, you know, he told me that he's really, he's seriously thinking about retirement next year, that, you know, he's worked a long time. He's really good at what he does, but he said that he's, it's really made him evaluate and think about things different. So I think, I think that there are a lot of people out there that are thinking that exact thing. Yeah. And I think that's not necessarily, I think a lot of people are looking at this as there's different ways to look at this. You could look at this as though it's an opportunity to make your life better um, and a challenge for that. Or you can look at it from a place of being discouraged and hopeless. Yeah. And ultimately that choice is really a decision as to, you know, it's a, it's a self-care decision. I don't think yes. a lot of people think of it that way. No, <laughs> I, it love, I love, I love how you say that. That totally lines up with me too. I mean, it, it is a, it is a self-care decision because, you know, at the end of the day, first of all, it is a choice. It is a choice that's within our power to make. And, you know, people may say, well, I'm not in a position to retire. I'm not in a position to do this or that because of commitments and obligations that I have. But, but, you know, it's kind of like I was having this conversation with someone the other day. It, it's kind of like the old saying, Dave Ramsey uses this on his radio show a lot. You just got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. Oh, yeah. A lot of people that looks can look any number of different ways. It doesn't have to be the big drastic, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do moment. It can be just simply getting up one day and you deciding to make a choice that you want to do something different. Well, and it gets done one, one step at a time, Right. Right. I mean, you don't have to take the whole leap. In fact, you probably don't want to do that. Like for instance, when I, I left my legal career, I made a decision and it took me a year after I made the decision to actually do it because I wanted to be thoughtful. I wanted to make sure I had savings. I'll I'll be honest. I made a lot of money as a lawyer. (laughs) I I was at a big international law firm as a partner with a big book of business. And I made a lot of money. I, my husband does fine, but I was the main breadwinner. And so it was going to change me and my family's life drastically. And so we had to plan for it. And we put a plan together and we took one step at a time and we've cut back on things and we changed our lifestyle. I think a lot of people feel trapped and stuck in their own lives. And it's a life they've worked so hard for that they feel like they can't change it. But yeah, they can. They just need to make that decision and then take that first step. And then after you take the first step, you take a second step and they don't have to be huge ones. You just got to keep going. That's exactly right. I could not agree more. And, you know, one of the things that I teach a lot in, in with my clients and in my programs is the power of setting intentions. You know, mm-hmm. we focus so much on what's next month or what's next year that we forget that, you know, all the power that we have is right in front of us with today. What can we do today that's going to help us do something different? That's going to help set us up for more success tomorrow. Yes. What's right now? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, totally. So why don't we talk a little bit about, um, what do you, tell me a little bit about a typical day in your, just from a business standpoint, and then about what types of self-care do you like to do? You call yourself a work-life balance success coach. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's define exactly what that is. So I work primarily with professionals, a lot of lawyers, not all lawyers, but a lot of professionals, um, mm-hmm who are very successful on paper, mm-hmm. yet unfulfilled, incredibly unhappy, have zero balance, and haven't been taking very good care of themselves. And I, what I really do is help them to 
realign their life around what they actually, well, let me say this, realign their life around their own values uh-huh. so that they can live in a more authentic way. And there's really three steps to that. There's number one, you got to rewire your mind. Uh, mindset is the key to it all. <laughs> Absolutely. I could not agree more. And so we work a lot on that. And then the second part is really reconnecting to those values that you have, to the things that make you tick and make you who you are so that you can then put a plan together and be intentional because you can't be intentional if you don't really know what you want and you don't know where you want, where you're going to go. And so it's three steps. And when it comes to self-care and what that looks like for me, I think for me, as I said, there's physical, there's mental, there's spiritual. Mm-hmm. And my self-care practice is very day-to-day. I don't do the exact same thing every day. But I do know, and I learned this a lot when I was um, on my cancer journey, that I must do at least three things. Something that's movement-oriented, something that's spiritual for me, mm-hmm. and something that helps me to kind of center in mentally for the day. And those can look different depending on what's been going on in my life, what my circumstances are. Uh, how I wake up that morning. I think a lot of people get too into the same old, same old routines and they get bored. <laughs> and they, and, well, they, we, and we, we get really good at what we do often. You know? We do. It's really, and, we're creatures of habit. Yes, we are. But that doesn't always um, take care of what we need because we need different things every day. And so I like to check in every morning with myself and just kind of see how I feel. How did I wake up? How, you know, did I sleep well and ask myself, what do I need this morning? And when I answer that, then I know, okay, the type of movement I want. I, sometimes it's stretching for five minutes because I don't have a lot of time. Sometimes it's doing a major workout for 45 minutes to an hour. Sometimes it's going for a walk. It's different things. I usually like to do some type of breath work. Doesn't always mean meditation. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's just centering in on breathing for a moment or two while I'm walking. Uh-huh. Um, that helps me to kind of clear my mind and get prepared for the day. And then think about while I, after I do that, I like to think about, okay, here are my tasks ahead. And then I like to limit them to three. <laughs> I don't like to have more than three things that I have to get done. Right. Um, because I think that we tend to burden ourselves too much. And then, you know, we have these long to-do lists that we can't ever finish. And then we feel like we're not accomplishing anything. And then when it comes to the spiritual side, um, everybody has their own spiritual beliefs. I do think regardless of what your beliefs are, we all have a spiritual side. And there's often two components. There's that higher power. Should we believe in one? And for me, I do believe in God. I'm a Christian. I need prayer. I need some type of moment of peace where I feel like I have a relationship with God Mm -hmm. that I definitely learned in my cancer journey when I kind of centered in and realized I was missing a lot of that and needed a lot more of it. Sure. And so it's become a daily practice for me. And then also I think part of the spiritual side is really connecting deeply to yourself and who you are so that you can Uh be more aligned with that each and every day in the choices that you make. Oh, I love how you say that. You're just very clear and just straight to the point. And it just, I think that that's, that really makes it sound like it's really easy. And one of the things I hear from people in my conversations is, is, you know, one of the biggest reasons why people don't, people justify why they can't do things for themselves is they say they don't have time. They're too busy. 
committed, I'm stretched too thin or whatever. And that may not be as much the case now because I do think people have more time on their hands now, but I think it's just a matter of where the the energy is just shifted and the stress is just in other places. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And and that's a priorities issue, you know, Um, how many people, I'm sure you see this, the people that come to me and say, well, X, Y, and Z are my priorities. And then you start asking questions and they spend very little time on X, Y, and Z within their Uh lives. And I'm like, it's not a priority. Just because you say it's a priority doesn't make it one. You actually have to be prioritizing those things so that it's a priority. Well, that's why I say you talking about it just isn't enough. No. And often think, especially in in this day and age, especially in the coaching space, you probably hear mm -hmm. too. If people say they talk about it, then that's enough. You know, well, I'm admitting that I need to do it. So that's enough. (laughs) No. No, I'm not a big fan of the, you know, just put it down and talk about it. You'll manifest it or whatever. The thing that's often missing from that conversation is you got to actually do the work. You you do have to do something to get there. And just because you do the work doesn't mean you'll be 100% successful, but you'll be a heck of a lot farther than if you did nothing. Well, and it just goes, you just, you cannot think your way to a new habit. No. Now, whatever that habit is, you can't think your way to a new habit. You know, the other thing I hear from people right now is because we've been out of what, or at least a lot of people that I talk with, out of our normal routine, whatever normal was before all this, people say, well, I've sort of lost my motivation. I've lost my inspiration. I know this is what I want, but yet I've got all these other things over here. So to me, what that, to me, that's just a thinking, a thinking problem. You know, mm-hmm. people, if you wait for the mood to hit you or you wait for the right inspiration or you wait for the wind to blow the way that you want, you're going to be waiting a long time. You are. And I would say to them two things. Number one, make sure it's what you really want. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes we think we want something, but it's not so much what we really want. It's what we think we should want or we should yes. be doing. Uh-huh. And so that might be a sign that you need to really reconnect to those values and figure out what it is you really want. And then secondly, yeah, it's, we, it's easy to lose motivation when you've got a bunch of other things pulling against you that have nothing to do with the things you do want. Uh-huh. But that's when you have to make decisions about what is a true priority and how am I going to simplify my life? And really prioritize the things that are truly important to me. And there are lots of ways to do that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it's to say no. <laughs> sometimes yeah. it's to just to, to, you know, be less busy. Sometimes it's to get help, um, to offload things. And like, there are lots of ways to do it. And there are lots of reasons, or I call them excuses, why not uh-huh. to. Um, that's where, you know, coaching and mentoring and other things, you know, it's nice to have somebody that you can talk to about these things that will call you out on that and make you really rethink it and say, okay, maybe you're right. I'm making an excuse. <laughs> I need to, well, you know, out. we get, we get so used to telling ourselves the same story. It's like, we've just got a cassette tape player in our brain and yep. it's like rewind, rewind, rewind. You know, we get used yep. to playing the same story. And for so many people, that's just, that's where they stop. It's like they know, you know, you, you, depending on what gurus you follow and what you've read, you know, you might read in some place, well, just, you know, acknowledge that this is what you want, you know, and then the law of attraction says it'll come to you. No, it's not really not quite like that. I mean, that's probably part of it, but because it starts with the thought, but you still have to 
you still have to, you know, like you say, do the work, you know, make it happen for yourself and you can do that. Yeah. And I think if you could probably already tell, I'm not a huge fan of law of attraction or manifesting (laughs) or any of those things, but I'm a lawyer after all. (laughs) We're skeptical people. You just think think on a little different level. I get it. I I think differently. Yes. But I, I think they've, a lot of people have oversimplified the science and the science, the good news is, is it does tell us that we can change our thoughts and our thoughts do eventually change our behavior, but it's more than just thinking it. It's you have to proactively work to change your thinking while mm-hmm. then taking steps alongside it as you go. Right. That helps you change your long-term behavior because you yeah. can change what you think and how, you know, by changing how you think. Right. Um, you just have to do it the right way. And, you know, just hoping and wishing for something isn't the right way. <laughs> Well, I agree. And I think too, you have to remember that because you're in, you're, you are in control of what you think, you know, and, and there are people out there that, that say, no, you don't, I can't, I can't help the way I feel. I can't help what I think. And I'm, that's where I disagree too. And I say, no, you have control over what you think. I mean, you know, our belief systems really shape a lot about what we think. Yep. We do have the power to change them. If we, oh, yes. It does take daily intentional work, you know, to make that happen. Absolutely. Yeah. That's something I'm dealing with right now with my teenager. <laughs> uh-huh. Really? Oh, yeah. He's, you know, 14, almost 15. And uh, there's a lot of emotions going on in kids that age. And, and I'm trying to teach him, look, you have a right to your feelings and emotions. And I'm not saying you're not going to feel those things. Yeah. But it's the choice you make upon that, upon that feeling. You have a choice in that moment to allow it to take over and re- be reactive Or you can step back, calm down and start asking questions, being curious, and then use the practices I've taught you to help change how you respond to that over time. Yeah, totally. What's like a colleague of mine, she's a mindset coach and she, she says, you know, your mind wants to be the boss, you know, your Mm -hmm. mind wants to be in charge all the time. And the more that you get to know and you spend time with your thoughts and acknowledge your thoughts, then, you know, you it's like you say, you know, you, you give yourself the space to separate yourself from that and from the thoughts that you want to be thinking. So let's say that somebody out there is listening and they're feeling really stuck in their career or their life or whatever. And they're thinking that they're really enjoying listening to our conversation, but they just don't really know what they can do today. So um, can you speak to that? So how is something that, that, how do they get started? That's the question, right? Of, yeah, how do they get started? Making or, this change. Or how, how can they make it easy for themselves? Because, you know, the reason why I ask is, is people out there think that it's hard. They think, well, <laughs> or people don't really change. You know, people are who they are, whatever, depending on who you listen to. And, you know, as a result, I think what happens is, is people, people just, you know, they, they just live this existence, you know, and, and, mm-hmm fail to remember and think for a minute. I mean, and, and maybe the right word to put it put is, is that they just don't have the right awareness that they can actually, that they can actually do something different and it doesn't have. Right. So how, how do you speak to that? So I think the best place for people in that space to start is to start utilizing my favorite practice by far that will really help change their mindset to get it to a place 
where they can finally start opening their eyes to the opportunities out there because you've got to you've got to get to a space where you just can't you're not stuck in that space all the time and you can start to see that there might just be something else out there right uh, right and what we do know helps with that and you you're probably not going to be surprised to hear this but is gratitude oh dear. um and when i talk talk about this I often get eye rolls and that's probably because I work with attorneys a lot and they're skeptical people, right? Uh-huh, right. But <laughs> the deal with gratitude that people need to understand. And I want, I want them to really think about what this would do for them if they're in this space. So what gratitude does if practiced in the right way, and we'll go over that in a second, is it allows you to start seeing the world very differently. It forces your brain, it trains you to look for things to be grateful for. And if you do it the right way, you're going to look for itty bitty little things, big things. You're not going to just look for things that affect you. You're going to look for all kinds of things because you kind of have to if you do it right. Uh Just imagine how much more open your mind can get just by seeing the world differently in that way. Because when you're in that stuck place where you feel discouraged and hopeless and like it's never going to change... Your mind is closed. You can't even see the opportunities that are out there. And there are opportunities out there. So that's why I like to start with gratitude because it really does help to that retraining process within the brain that you need to be able to take that next step. And so my rules for gratitude are simple. Do it every day, three to five things per day. I like to tell people to start with three because it can be really hard to find five things when you're in that place. Keep it simple, no repeats, and very simple. And when I say simple, I mean simple. So if it rained this morning after not raining for a month and you guys really needed the rain, be grateful for the rain because you needed it. Mm -hmm. Um, If you love the smell of coffee and you had a hard night's sleep the night before, but that that smell helped wake you up, you can be grateful for that. I mean, really super simple things in your life. In fact, I think it's bad to go too big. A lot of people do it wrong. They, I'm grateful for my spouse. I'm grateful for my job. No, get really specific about yeah. something you really, truly can be grateful for. Uh-huh. That's really what retrains your mind. And say why. I am grateful for the cup of coffee and the smell this morning because it helped to wake me up after a hard night's sleep. You got to be really specific. That that helps you to be real about it and not just yeah. pretend and make stuff up. I can attest to it personally. I didn't really believe in gratitude all that much until I was a cancer patient. Oh yeah, With I <laughs> I utilized it then, and I got to tell you, it kept me sane. There mm. were days I could barely get out of bed. I felt ridiculously bad. I was incredibly sick during some of this. And I still practice gratitude and it really yeah. did help me get through it. And I, people always told me, oh, you're such an inspiration. You're so positive. You're now, and there were bad days. Let's be honest. Oh, they're but bad I, days for everybody. Yes. You know? and, yeah. But yet I did get through it, I think, in a much better manner than some did. I'm um, sure. Because of that. Yeah. So, Well, I think ultimately what we really want in our lives is contrast. And mm-hmm. we mind ourselves of what we actually are grateful for. And if we really stop and think about it, there's a lot we can be grateful for. And we focus so much on the one bad thing or the one <laughs> the one bad decision or the one something, whatever it is, it's not going our way. We forget that there's so many things that actually do go our way. And when we create that contrast, when we are struggling, it gives us hope because we know that 
you know, we've seen it be another way, even though we may not see it in the moment, we know that it's there. And that of itself can give us, give us strength to get through. Absolutely. So, well, this has been really fun. I really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you so much for making time in your schedule to be on my show. I appreciate it. I appreciate for being here. I loved it. It was so much fun. It all, I know. It, it really was. So tell me, where can people find you? Sure. Uh, they can find me on my website, which is mm-hmm. coursecorrectioncoaching.com. Okay. Coaching. Course correction coaching, because you know what? At some point in life, just about everybody needs a course correction. <laughs> well, I could not, I, I agree. And I think, what, what did I read somewhere the other day that the average person changed? I mean, this is just, was just about careers. The average person changes careers three or four times in their life. That was just the average. Wow. I didn't know that. That's interesting. That's fascinating to me. Yeah. I, I don't even remember where I saw it, but, and, and that doesn't even take into consideration, like, you know, life changes, you know, life mm-hmm. changes and family and, you know, moving and, and things of that nature. So, so course correction coaching, are you offering anything right now? Do you have any programs or anything that you'd like my audience to know about? You know what? I'm actually working on something that's not quite ready, but it'll be coming out next month and it is a new membership. So oh, it's specifically for those who are interested in mastering their mindset uh, reconnecting with their values so that they can make their own course corrections that okay. might not be all that interested in one-on-one coaching. Cause okay. as you know, one-on-one coaching is a bit of a time and monetary commitment. Right. <laughs> and right. Not everybody has the bandwidth or the availability for that. So, um, yeah, so I do, I do coach, but I also, I'm working on that and it should be coming out in July. Oh, well, super. So if, so if people have your website, then they can keep up with what you're doing. They can. And they do have some resources there if they like them. There's uh, one that's probably my favorite is 5-Minute Stress Solutions, which goes into, it's more than just stress management. It's really about your mindset. And it's got some really great practices in it that if they want to print something out and start, you know, working on their mindset and lowering their stress levels and taking better care of themselves, that is a really great resource for that. Oh, okay. Fantastic. I know that some of my people would probably really be interested in that. So great. So, well, this is really fun. Um, I'm really glad, again, that you were able to join me today and that we could work this out. For anybody out there listening, uh, if if you found our discussion helpful in any way or if there... If you would like to learn more about Heather and what she does, then please go to her website at coursecorrectioncoaching.com. And as, as I always invite at the, end, at the end of my show, I always want you to know that you have a place in my private Facebook community, Living Your Ultimate Life Through Fitness and Self-Care. We talk about all things fitness, travel, leisure, self-care, health, nutrition, and then some. We've got lots of exciting things coming up, including my brand new six-step fit life system, which we're going to be enrolling a brand new group in July into that. So if you are not yet in our Facebook community, I would, I always want you to know that you have a place there. And if you're not on Facebook, please head over to my website at cufitness.com, the letter C, the letter U, fitness.com and click contact us. And you can just reach out to me, tell me what works for you, what doesn't work for you, um, what I can do to help you. I'm always love hearing from you. I so appreciate all of your support. Our show is now worldwide. We have uh, thousands of followers. We are on just about every continent and several major countries. And for that, I'm super grateful. I just could not do it without your support. And I always want you to be aware of that. So this is Allison Kaskowski with The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. 
You are one step closer to living your ultimate life, so make it a good one.